0: This room will be nice because there's like a lot of things to dampen the sound. Yeah. In the other room is kind of echoing and we have the fridge next to it. I
1: think butter might be not. Nice. Sometimes it might be done the something.
0: Sometimes maybe shit. <laughs> Alright, we've resumed recording. Are you all charged
1: up this
0: time? Yeah, it's at eighty eight percent, so
1: Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Why I'm Afraid Of. I'm Kylie.
0: And I'm Nathan.
1: How's your week been, babe? What's been been bringing you joy?
0: Seeing you again. I was in Utah for most of the week, and it was a joy to see
1: your face again. Oh, shucks.
0: What has been bringing you joy? Coaching. Yeah?
1: Coaching with It's been really, 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 really good, and I've been able to go to a lot more lately. So... It's been really fun. had practice today. Went really well. Good. Yeah. Well, it's like to think it went really well.
0: (laughs) Um, Something exciting while you were gone. I played Battlefront.
1: The Star Wars Clone Wars game? Yeah. Nice.
0: And I got like fourth place in everyone that was in the competition. So is it like
1: Fortnite rankings?
0: It's you're on two teams of 40 each. So there's 40 people on... So were you... It's 40 to 20. I can't remember.
1: You said you were four?
0: And I was four. Out of everybody, out of
1: everybody or everybody? your team?
0: So out of like 40 people, I was four. Nice. And that was the best game I've ever played. It's very exciting. Yeah. I was playing in, on Hoth.
1: Mm-hmm. And I was... You have little tauntons? Yes. I
0: didn't really ride those around.
1: Is I was... Pretty, uh, he was a
0: sniper. And... You can edit this out, I don't care. I just want to tell you because it's fun. I used a sniper a lot of the game, and then I got up the points enough to buy Yoda. Oh. I'm just running around.
1: <laughs> He's probably people. faster than Tom, Tom
0: I had like a 25 kill streak with Yoda, so I got 25 people killed in a row without dying. It's pretty great.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, so I am getting a little bit better at that video game. <laughs> it's great fun.
1: I'm reading a new book. I'm reading One of Us Is Lying. It's all over like book talk. Mm-hmm. Well it's all over my book talk. And I finally got it and I finally started reading it. And it's really, really good so far. That's good to hear. Yeah. Um ready to get started with the
0: case then? Yeah, what are you afraid of this week?
1: I'm afraid of cabs.
0: Cabs yeah, like the cars. Yes. That drive you around.
1: Could you know this?
0: I didn't know you had a fear. I mean, you are scared of like Uber and Lyft.
1: Mm -hmm. Well, those are cabs. Yes. Yes. I've never ridden in an actual cab, and I've only ever ridden in a Lyft or an Uber with you.
0: Yes. You've never done one solo?
1: No. Absolutely not. Never. I would rather walk.
0: Very interesting. You know what
1: I'd rather do? I'd rather have my own car.
0: (laughs) In a perfect world.
1: Yeah. That my fear of cabs kind of started with Sherlock. Spoiler alert, but the first episode of BBC Sherlock, the bad guy is a cab driver who just drives them to not their right location and then makes them take a pill to kill themselves. And it's horrifying. And I'm just like, you know what? You really just get in a car with strangers. Like, you have no idea what what their motive is.
0: It is a level of trust you have to get over to be with that person to drive you to your destination.
1: Yeah. I mean, at least with like Lyft and Uber, there's like reviews and ratings and stuff.
0: And there are safety features that you can like have someone track your location and you can call the police by pushing a button. Yeah. So there are safety features for sure, but...
1: But like if we were to go to New York City, we'd have to take the subway because I'm not taking a taxi
0: very interesting
1: you know and they they always say I don't know who they are and I don't know how often they say it but <laughs> that you should never let yourself be taken to a second location if somebody's like trying to take you if they get you into a car and get you to a second location your chances of survival like drop
0: oh gotcha
1: yes and if you just put yourself in the car with a stranger with bad intentions you've already like lost your upper hand of being able to fight about getting in the car sure so the true crime case that reaffirmed and made my fear of cabs even stronger is the case of Holly Bartlett. My sources are the CNIB Foundation, a coast, an article by The Coast by Tim Busquet, a CTV News article by the Canadian Press, an external report associated with the case, and a Reddit post called What Happened to Holly Bartlett? Holly Bartlett was a 31-year-old woman in Halifax, Nova Scotia, Canada. She had just started a new job in research while she was also completing a graduate degree at Dalhousie University. I think it's Dalhousie.
0: We'll ask my mom. We can (laughs) call our Canadian correspondent, (laughs) true caller.
1: Sure. That's Nathan's favorite part of Potterless is when he has his, what is it, UK correspondent. (laughs)
0: I'll call you back.
1: (laughs) Oh well. Okay, ready?
0: I'm just gonna text her. We have a question
1: about
0: Canada for the
1: podcast. Holly also had an active social life most of the time, but lately she'd been spending most of her free time at her parents' house because her father was battling cancer.
0: Oh, that sucks.
1: She was also a member of Toastmasters. Your mom's calling you. Yeah.
0: How'd you see that?
1: Yeah, I thought yeah. you
0: here. Hey, Mom.
1: Sorry, hey, I- I- I'm in a the mall.
0: Oh, you're good.
1: I'm for Disney, <laughs> but <laughs> do you
0: guys
1: see? And I just didn't want to. And she recorded
0: the movie. We're recording the podcast right now, actually. So uh, nice. we had, if you knew this, university in canada it's like dollhouse but it's like d-a-l- yeah, dollhousey Dalhousie. Dalhousie. Doll- okay thanks for our <laughs> canadian correspondent <laughs> you got it anytime all right love you love you too bye okay
1: i'll okay <laughs> i still feel like i'm saying it wrong like it feels weird in my mouth
0: Dalhousie?
1: yeah now that you said dollhouse, it's okay. I don't have to say it ever again, so it's fine. She was a member of Toastmasters, which is a club for public speaking. She had recently gone skydiving with a friend, and she loved to dance. Mostly, she attended swing dancing. She was also blind. Holly was diagnosed with micro.
0: Holly, our the main girl, she's blind. Yes. Okay.
1: Holly was diagnosed with microphthalmia. Microthalmia. She was diagnosed with microphthalmia, and she had underdeveloped eyes, and she had a stigma and difficulty focusing, and her eyesight only deteriorated as she got older. So she was born completely blind, but she is now completely blind. It happened pretty quickly.
0: That would be really, really, like, the worst thing. That would be pretty bad.
1: I'd march. (laughs) I'm not
0: laughing. I'm not laughing. It's not funny. It's
1: not funny. On March 26th, 2010, Holly had a rare opportunity to actually go out with her friends, so she told her dad she would be back Saturday and went to her place to get ready. She got dressed in blue jeans, knee-high black boots, and a sequined blue top. She also wore a red wool sweater and black gloves. She also grabbed her small black purse, which she wore like a backpack, and her white cane. They went to dinner and drinks for her friends, and then they went to a year-end party at the university. According to her friends, Holly only had a few drinks and was not intoxicated, and she was acting perfectly normal. At 11 p.m., a cab was called for Holly, but she decided that she wanted to stay for the last speaker at the party, so the cab was waved off. And then just before midnight, some sources say at 11.50 p.m., a friend walked her out to a different cab that they had called, and that cab took her home. The next day, March 27th, 2010, it was six degrees below freezing with a wind chill of minus 10 in the morning Fahrenheit or Celsius. That's a great question. And I don't really answer
0: probably Fahrenheit,
1: probably Celsius. No, minus
0: 10. I mean, either way, it's it's really cold cold.
1: (laughs) in the morning, iron workers in the area found Holly lying underneath the McKay bridge. The bridge was about 320 yards from her home.
0: Oh my goodness.
1: The area beneath the bridge was surrounded by a fence with a padlocked gate. Um, despite that protection, there is still graffiti on the abutment, and this is the little picture circling where her body was found.
0: Jeez, like. just in some bushes.
1: Mm-hmm. Isn't
0: that a river next to it, too?
1: Cannot tell. She was unconscious, but she was still breathing when they found her. She was still wearing her coat. Her purse was nearby, but her cane was nowhere in sight. The workers put one of their coats on her and called 911. She got to the hospital at 7 a.m. and was in surgery a little after 8 a.m. Doctors discovered that her body temperature was 23 degrees. She had broken ribs and a broken leg, bruises on her face and cuts on her hands and feet. There was no sign of rape. She was touch-and-go. She declined overnight. The attending doctor said, quote, further support for this lady was futile and only served to prolong her death, end quote. Ugh. She was declared dead at 10.45 a.m. Her cause of death was hypothermia and blunt force trauma.
0: Again, is that 23 degrees Celsius or Fahrenheit? Does it not say? It
1: doesn't say. I'm assuming that one's Fahrenheit. That's oh, man, really remember cool. not a Canada case. <laughs> Within a day of Polly being found, officials had concluded her death to be an accident. This theory was that because she was blind with an alcohol level of .09, according to her blood test, she became disoriented and fell off the 32-foot-high abutment at the start of the bridge. This theory and the decision that it was an accident were made she was still alive in the hospital. Really? Yes. But Holly's family and friends do not buy that. They say that she had a very strong sense of direction and was very skilled with her cane and that she could get around well on her own. Like, she lived with a roommate, but she had her own life. Yeah. Even if she was intoxicated, she knew better than to just keep walking if she didn't know where she was. She would have asked for help or waited until she sobered up or done something to gather her bearings. She wouldn't have just kept walking.
0: It sounds like she's very independent and very smart person for having a disability like that.
1: Yes. She had a friend named Peter who was a specialist in orientation and navigation for the visually impaired. When they first met, Holly had reached out to him because she felt rusty with her cane skills and wanted to brush up as she moved to Halifax because it was a new area. Peter said that although she said she was rusty, her skills were pretty much perfect. She contacted Peter anytime she had to learn a new route. And so she would clearly know the area mm-hmm. in front of her apartment. So, let's get into some more things about the investigation. There was a black Harley Davidson hat found near Holly, that, according to sources, was never looked into or even collected. This is an area where there, like I said, there is graffiti on the abutment. So, it's like people go there to graffiti and stuff. So, it could, I mean, it could be anyone's up, but that goes for any crime scene. And you still collect it. Yeah. When she was found, her purse um, was found with her, and it contained an expired school ID, a bus pass, a Tim Hortons card, gloves, sunglasses, lift gloss, and her ID from the Canadian National Institute for the Blind. But there were several items missing from her purse, and it was found. They were later found in the parking lot of her apartment building.
0: So she had been to the parking lot. Mm-hmm.
1: It was her wallet, her iPhone... It says lip gloss, but lip gloss was also found. Some, I don't know if she had two lip glosses or if that was a source discrepancy. And also just some loose change. Um, a private investigator later described the items in the parking lot as looking like they have been thrown from a moving car. Mm-hmm. The initial thoughts when a body was found in that area was suicide attempt. Uh, I mean, the sources made it sound like there has been at least one suicide attempt there before. Okay. Um, but no driver saw her, and the security footage on the bridge didn't sh- didn't show her, so she couldn't have, like, jumped from the bridge. So you saw in the picture, like, the abutment doesn't go all the way up to the bridge. Yeah. So she didn't jump from the bridge. Yeah. Suicide is also not likely because her apartment's on the 8th floor and has a balcony, so she, you know. She had an option She had a uh, more accessible place. The cab driver who drove her was interviewed and said that he dropped her off around midnight. He said that she was clearly drunk. He rated her an 8 out of 10 in drunkenness. But he also said that the only time she spoke was to say yes. Like the word yes when he asked if she lived in the tower of the building. So how do you know she's drunk? And she's not like slurring her words or anything? Kind of suspicious. Yeah. When he pulled up to the building, it was on the passenger side of the car. So like... The building was on the passenger side. But after she paid the fare she got out on the driver's side and started walking away from the building.
0: This is what the taxicab driver's saying.
1: Uh-huh. But he didn't think it was weird because he didn't know she was blind. She was just walking. I mean
0: You should be she able had to a cane. Yeah. You know? Unless you're very not observant.
1: Yeah. He he might have just been like dropping her off, going to my next my next gig. When cops were investigating the area where she was found, a dog took notice of a small hole in the fence, which was not much bigger than the dog. So the cops decided that she must have started walking away from the building and just kept walking, taken a fall next to the hole, and then decided to crawl through the hole in the fence.
0: Doesn't make much sense.
1: And then cross a field to the abutment, and then try to climb the abutment, thinking that it was where she had come from because there was a steep hill where she had come from got to the top, and then fell two and a half stories. So she's too intoxicated to walk to her apartment from its parking lot, but she climbed two and a half stories up an abutment.
0: So let me get this straight. Taxi cab driver drops her off in the parking lot, Mm -hmm. and that's where her items were found.
1: Here's a map. So the building on the right is her apartment building. There's a little car there to show where she was dropped off, Mm -hmm. and then the red is... Um, a possible path she had taken, but basically just showing you where she is to the bridge and the abutment. Jeez. Yeah. I mean- Number four is the hole. Number six is a different hole. So there's two holes in the fence. We'll get to that.
0: But I've never been drunk before in my life, so I don't know like mentally how you would be like walking and you should realize that you should be somewhere when you haven't reached that. Plus, yeah. being blind.
1: Especially someone who's so aware of their surroundings, though.
0: Yes. And her friends vouching for her, saying that she wasn't even that drunk.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So, cab driver is sounding really sus right now.
1: <laughs> the cops seemed unwilling to investigate foul play at all. The um, cops searched the area, and that search lasted around five hours. That's when they found the foal in the fence. The next day, her friends. Decided to, like, look around the area, and they found her cane leaning against the fence.
0: Yeah. Well, what fence?
1: I don't know. It's very good. fence. a fence? It's, no, no, no. Sorry. It's a fence. So the fence where the hole was, mm-hmm. there's another hole in the fence. Kitty, like, if they're on a corner, you guys will be able to see it in the Instagram. This is the first hole. This is the second hole. The cane oh, was so... leaning against this fence.
0: Weird. I have a question. Yes. Why didn't or was there any dirt on her knees when they found her?
1: I would assume so. She was
0: wearing pants, right? Yeah. Can't you just get the dirt off of her pants, cross-examine that with the dirt from the little hole? If it matches up, it matches up. If it doesn't, it doesn't.
1: Well, the hole is around in the fence right next to where she was found, so the dirt's pretty much the same. Okay. But yeah, you think if she like crawled through something.
0: You would be able to find evidence on her hands and on her knees and shoes.
1: I don't know how different it is for a fall.
0: I mean, their theory right now said that she crawled.
1: Crawled and then climbed in the fell, yeah.
0: You would find evidence that she had done that is what I'm saying.
1: So the other hole in the fence was where they found the cane. So either the cop's search wasn't as thorough as they had claimed, or it had been placed there since the search had ended.
0: I could believe both.
1: Um, Some sources say that the cane was not fingerprinted, but other sources say it was, so just don't know. Instead of investigating the cane thoroughly or questioning if the search had been thorough enough, the cops just expanded their theory to include the new discovery so they just kept adding on to their theory as more evidence came in instead of completely starting from scratch again. That's annoying. Peter, Holly's friend who um, helped her with her navigation was out of town when she died, but when he came back, he met with the police. He said that their theory was totally implausible. He said that if she had gotten out of the wrong side of the car, she would have used the sound of traffic to guide her, and that would have told her which way she was facing. So a strategy that she used was listening for traffic and like you saw, there's a street mm-hmm. by her apartment building. And she would have heard the traffic and been like, oh, wait, that's the street. My building's this way.
0: The Doppler effect.
1: Yeah. <laughs> she also knew that a steep incline meant she was walking away from the building and not towards it.
0: Yeah. And I, like, that's things he has trained her for. I'm assuming. I wasn't there doing the training, but. <laughs> yeah. I can only imagine that's what he was training her to do. So he's like. Unless she completely ignored my training.
1: which she said she was very good at it already.
0: Exactly. And they had previously just trained not long before this. Mm-hmm. So I'm assuming that as someone who has this training, she would have got, been able to get home fine.
1: I agree. He also pointed out that she had something called... It, in the source, it was called facial vision. Which, you know... It might be called, but it seems like a weird name for what it is. But she could feel the pressure around her change is something past her like if her and um peter were walking and somebody passed them and she couldn't like hear the steps she could feel like the air and the pressure changing and ask like who was that Hmm. so she's very very aware of her surroundings for a person who is as visually impaired as she is peter said that when he talked to police his professional opinion quote went in one ear and out the other end quote that's annoying so Peter talked about the situation with his father, who was a retired military investigator and private investigator who decided to take on the case. He and a group of Holly's friends and family met together to discuss the case on a regular basis, and they were called Justice for Holly. Oh, Peter last his name is Brian. <laughs> Brian quickly discovered that a local public bus would have been waiting at the condo building um for
0: Passengers. Passengers,
1: thank you. They would have been waiting for passengers at her condo building at the same time that she would have been dropped off. Brian reached out to the transit company, but they wouldn't give Brian the tapes, but they did give them to police.
0: Good. I like Brian a lot.
1: Yeah. Um. Apparently, they were like, oh, yeah, he went that way, and then he had to make them watch the rest of the tape. Like, they were just very not thorough with it. The tape revealed the cab dropping her off and leaving, but then as the cab, I'm sorry, the tape revealed the cab dropping her off and leaving, and then as the bus was leaving, it passed the cab coming back toward her building. So Brian reached out to the cab driver whose name was Paul. Brian took Paul back to the crime scene and basically told him that he was good at his job, so Paul should just tell him what he was hiding because he would find out anyways.
0: Dan get it, Paul.
1: He said, quote, if I lost a child in there, I tell you, I wouldn't rest until I learned what was going on. I have no intention of doing anything different for Marion. End quote. Marion is Holly's mom. What a man. So Paul told Brian that he was right. Paul had done something that he was ashamed of. He stole from her. He knew she was blind. And Holly handed him three twenties and three fives for for fare, and he only gave her $1. fifty in change on purpose to steal from her. As he drove away, he saw her in the rearview mirror, walking away from the condo building and tripping on a curb. He immediately felt bad for what he had done, so he turned around, which is where he was spotted waiting for the bus to pass as he headed back to the building, looked for her, but he couldn't find her. He simply said that he had lied because he didn't want to admit to cheating a blind person. So now he did not know she was blind.
0: Love it. Love the lying.
1: Paul was given a polygraph test regarding this new story, and he passed. However, the Justice for Holly Group claims that the test wasn't them asking him questions. The test was him reading a written account of his new story and then being asked, is it true? And then him saying yes. And that was it.
0: That seems odd. I've never heard of that before.
1: No charges were brought up against Paul because the cops said that they had nothing to use to even charge him with robbery. Except that he admitted to it, which implied that he was not read his rights before he was interviewed or polygraph tested. Because they still could have charged him with robbing a blind person. Yeah. Brian told Paul that he gave $60 to charity to make up for it.
0: Yep. 60 bucks for a dead woman.
1: Again, the police's theory of what happened just changed to match Paul's new story. They just added the fall. She took at The curve as more evidence that she was disoriented and drunk. The released copy of this theory doesn't mention the robbery, but there are at least three lines redacted. So it's possible that it's mentioned in there, but. Holly's mom met with the detective investigating the case. And she was told, okay, sorry. She said that she was troubled by the lack of information about what happened between Holly getting off the cab and Holly being found, which is about seven hours of time. The detective told her that maybe she should go see a psychic. Another time she went to speak with detectives about the same thing, and he said that she had been watching too much CSI. Uh, Jerk move. Man marion holly's mom not only suffered the loss of her daughter and this disrespect from police but 10 weeks after holly died her husband died from cancer
0: oh my goodness
1: she filed a freedom of information act for everything in holly's case this included quote investigators notes transcripts of interviews the bus video the polygraph test toxicology results and more end quote she was given initial notes from the cops called to the scene and notes from the detective supervisor but nothing else The reason given was that releasing any more information, quote, would be an unreasonable invasion of a third party's personal privacy, end of quote.
0: Whose third party?
1: I think you're talking about the cab driver. He's the only person that I can think of whose information would be released, like the fact that he um, robbed her and it would make him look bad.
0: So what? You're trying to get closure for this poor mom.
1: Yeah they appealed that um, decision and it was upheld. In 2014, the police department had an external review done about Holly's case and how it was handled. Its purpose was not to reopen the case, but to analyze the investigation and find answers to questions the family had when possible. So I actually did read this report. So we're going to talk about some key points because they did find some things that could have been improved. They noted that Holly's Facebook activity was not looked into until that year. So, like, it wasn't looked into until 2014. Eh. When it should have been done in the first hours of the investigation. Um, the police just said that, well, now we have the resources, so we'll do it next time.
0: Oh my gosh.
1: Halifax is super... Oh, wait, I literally just sent them. <laughs> the report also stated that the police shared information with Holly's friends and family that had not been proven yet. And it's believed that... Them oversharing their theories rather than fact is what led to the vibe being sent out that Holly had tried to kill herself, because lots of locals, when it happened, thought she had tried to kill herself. So the cops committed to investigating more thoroughly before sharing information. The report says that the reason the cops didn't find the cane during their adequately thorough search was, quote, the presence of a whirlwind between the building and the McKay Bridge, end quote. Apparently, smell is like a cloud, and when the one hits it, it gets all mixed up, so the dogs had a hard time finding objects related to her scent. So that kind of explains the dog situation, but there were still people. Yeah. They say that the reason that the people didn't find it was because it was fluorescent. They were looking at night with flat flights, so it would have just reflected the light back at them. What are your thoughts? I
0: mean, if you, if you know that that is the reason, wouldn't you investigate it? i don't understand what you're saying maybe i'm not understanding what you're saying you you said
1: Her cane is white it's
0: yeah like so fluorescent. they when they flash their lights it would flash back at them right wouldn't you be able to know hey that's flashing back at me what is that what shouldn't we look at that
1: that's what i think too i think it's yeah. i think it's bad explanations i think you'd be like oh what's blinding me their view also says that the family told them that the spot where the detective said holly was found And the place where the workers who found her said she was found were not consistent. The reviewers determined that the detective's incorrect placement did not affect the outcome of the case. It's hard to know if it would have affected the outcome because they don't tell us where the different spots are. Like, were they very far apart or was it just like, like three feet?
0: Yeah, and that could be a huge inconsistency. And I wouldn't put it past this police department to lie about that, just to save face.
1: The review also says that canvassing should have been done promptly. Uh do you know what canvassing is
0: when you're looking around, like police officers going around looking at the area. It's when you like go door to door.
1: Yes, that one.
0: Yeah. Um. So people think I do.
1: <laughs> the officers only looked at footage when they did talk to people living in the area around Holly's. Um, building it was four months later and they only did it because brian told them to jeez some sources say that they told brian that they did but when friends and family and justice for hollywood around they could find nobody who had been talked to by police the reviewers say that someone whose name was redacted should have been revisited and interviewed more thoroughly it also said that a redacted name Representing the CNIB was too emotionally involved to give neutral evidence. Clearly, that was Peter. Jesus. But the review also said that they should have found a neutral CNIB representative to look at the case that they weren't going to take Peter's word for it. They also said that the cab driver should have been interviewed longer as he was the most important witness. Yeah. His interview lasted 25 minutes.
0: What? Uh And I, I bet they didn't even talk that much about her.
1: A second interview also happened, but this section is redacted a lot. So what I can gather from it is that the interview didn't take place at the police station like it should have. And it says the investigators confronted, and then it's redacted for, like, a whole paragraph. There also seems to be some sort of issue with the polygraph test, but almost an entire page is redacted with that. Jeez. The review concurs that she was drinking before the fall, but her alcohol level was redacted. Which is weird, because if it's .09, that's pretty intoxicated, and that's in other sources. So maybe it's different, but not so different. Like, she's still intoxicated, but they didn't want it to look like, they didn't want to look bad.
0: Again, saving face.
1: The report says that although there is little note about the actions that led to Holly being found under the bridge, there was no reason for police to believe that foul play was involved. So theories, obviously accident.
0: Yeah. Like, obviously you have to, you have to answer like motive, smoking gun, some of those type of things like, yeah, this could be just a complete accident.
1: To be fair, that's probably what I would have thought as a cop, but I also know very little about visually impaired people and how they navigate the world. So clearly, they should have reached out. And I just feel like... but give it your due diligence, you know? I feel like there wasn't due diligence.
0: Yeah, it really sucks.
1: Another theory is that the taxi driver actually dropped her off at the back of her building. So you remember that the back of the... So her building is near the front of, like, the complex. Mm Mm-hmm. But near the back is kitty Quarter to where she was found. Mm Mm-hmm. So they think he went to drop her off at the back. Intending to rob her, she tried to escape because she knew she was being taken to the wrong place. And she fell. Like, she ran and fell. The taxi driver tried to cover it up um, by driving... Okay, so people think he tried to cover it up by driving to her building so that the cameras would catch him going there? Okay. But that doesn't make sense to me because the camera was on a public bus, and if this was an accident... Like, Still his fault, but technically like an accident, like he wasn't there to kill her. I don't think he would have thought about the bus cameras. Another theory about that says that when she got out, she ran towards her building, got disoriented and everything else happened. But he saw her heading towards the building, so he drove to the front and she wasn't there. And then he went back to where she had run from, couldn't find her, and then went back to check the building again. And that's why he's caught twice on camera going to the building.
0: Very interesting.
1: And the people think that in her panic, she left her cane in the car and he put it there after the search had finished.
0: Interesting.
1: According to Reddit user, Dion's, okay, D-E-I-O-N-O-S-W-Y-R-D, who lives in Halifax, most locals think that the cab driver is responsible for Holly's death.
0: He was the last person to see her alive. Yep. That points a big finger at him yeah i just feel like they didn't do due diligence in getting what the people wanted out of this taxi driver
1: yes and like there's something to be said about like obviously if somebody loses a child they want to have closure in it but it's not just marion yeah it's like family and friends and private investigators, and there's a documentary series about it called What Happened to Holly Bartlett. So that's why I'm afraid of cabs.
0: Yeah, that's very scary.
1: The other thing that scares me about the cabs is, let's say, okay, so whether it was the cab driver or not, if the cab driver just robbed her and dropped her off in a way that she was walking the wrong way and it was an accident, if she had gotten on that first cab at 11 p.m., she might still be alive. Yeah. It's just like... If she had gotten right home. It's just small things like that, and obviously, like... You can't think too much about that. I'm sure her family tries not to think about that. Her friends at the party... I mean, it's clearly not their fault.
0: I'm sure her friends have a lot of survivor's guilt in a way. Yeah. That they feel like, if I had stayed the night with her, if I had taken her home, if I had done this... A lot of ifs, but what happened is a tragedy, and I feel bad for the mom that her daughter died in a pretty horrific way, and she doesn't have much closure on it. And
1: then her husband died.
0: Yeah, that really sucks too. I feel bad. Is there any, like, ongoing thing in 2020 that's happening? Or is it just still this looming question of what actually happened?
1: Well, it's not 2020.
0: 2022.
1: <laughs> um, not really. Nothing really happening.
0: In the 2020 decade.
1: Yeah. <laughs> nothing, nothing happened just wondering what happened. Okay. Because even if it was it's like an accident, like it couldn't have taken her that long to end up where she was. Was she just there for like six, seven hours, just.
0: Miserable suffering. Yeah. That really sucks. Mm
1: -hmm. We don't even know if like, if her body had been there all night or if her body had only been there for an hour or two.
0: Yeah. It's tough to think. I mean, her body being what, 23 degrees when it was found.
1: And it would have to be there for a while. Like it couldn't have been just dropped off. Yeah. Really sucks. I do think if it's the cab driver's fault, I don't think he was there to kill her. I think it was a sort of accident because I think if he had meant to kill her, they wouldn't have found her alive. Yeah. And I think her cause of death would have been something different.
0: It could be the type of accident where he got out of the car to try and grab something and that's why her things are flown everywhere. Mm -hmm. And then she tripped and fell and hit her head and rolled or something, and maybe he moved the body somewhere closer, maybe yeah. he didn't, who knows. But that would explain why things are on the ground in the parking lot, and it would explain why he was past the polygraph test when he mm-hmm. said that she tripped. Yeah. Because maybe she did, and maybe you witnessed that.
1: Some of the theories about um the cab driver, Jaminia, like the one where he drove her up on the back, is that in her panicked to leave, she left her cane and some other items, so he just dropped her phone and wallet in the parking lot, threw it out of a moving car. Yeah. And then the cane was just a little bit too... Placed. Yeah. And she wouldn't have left it in the parking lot. Yeah. I think he just didn't know what to do with it, and then was like, I guess i will just... And like, but she would have leaned her cane up against a fence and then craw- crawled through a hole in the fence. That's what I can't get through. That's what makes me think it's not an accident, because I'm just like... She, she, you think she was, she was so drunk that she crawled through a hole in a fence? Yeah. She was way too intelligent for that. Yeah. She knows what to do when she's disoriented.
0: It's really, really confusing. Yeah. I can see why you're afraid of cabs and your lack of faith in human. Why don't you get it?
1: I mean, yeah. See why I'm such a pessimistic person? <laughs>
0: <laughs> but yeah, it's crazy. Thanks for listening, everyone.
1: We'll see you for our next case. Bye.